Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations. Or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. This is TJ Morris, ET Radio with American Communications Online and our wonderful way of loving everyone as the Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp. (laughs) So, people, we are doing our best to uh, show up. Uh, We've been in business nine years now, helping various associations and groups and uh, creating our cyberspace culture together. And on Sundays, we celebrate uh, what is a normal cultural day in cyberspace culture. On Sundays, we have Sunday go-to meetings for our spiritual society and our Ascension Church Ohana of Hawaii and in Florida, Georgia, and other places. But we come here and we have an Internet church meeting with uh, basically spiritual science and things that go from the old world and the ancient wisdom to the new thought teachings. So uh, I'm doing my best to be the founder of the Ascension Center Organizational for Personal Growth in Body, Mind, Spirit. We do health and wellness, and we do integrative medicine, and we do our best to uh, help people become better educated. So... uh, I have on today Pastor Richard T. Knight, Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp. He helped me found the Ascension Church Ohana, and we have our federal IDs, and uh, we're going to be doing our best to get people in our group as uh, what we call mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, uh, just to help with what we believe, and we've been building this with our spirituality and we'll go into uh, those things that make us who we are in this cosmos connection with the allied command organization the department of aco and ufo secret space uap associates and we're more philosophical than anything i would imagine but uh hopefully if you are feeling down or you're listening to us out there in the trucks i've got a lot of big truck people that know i drove a truck truck from 94 to 2004 so roughly 10 years uh over the road i've been in every state in the united states and a lot of countries outside of this and so is pastor richard t knight his name is richard thomas knight and he's become a friend of mine because he saw my uh, business another business i have uap associates and my red pyramid but it brought him in to uh do radio shows and it become it became uh, a friendship first doing radio together out of hawaii with janet carol lesson he and i were doing shows with her 
And Jan and I did shows for eight years straight with uh, Ascension Cosmos Oracles or Ascension Center or Alien Contact Org, whatever association or group we were talking about with authors and speakers and events. So we created all of this together, she, I, and Tommy Hawksblood, Thomas A. Sneesey. So that's our history. But now uh, we're starting a whole new reality in August of 2021. And for those of you listening, a lot of you may be listening to the younger children today in their 20s and 30s, even me, watching how it's all progressed historically from when we came, Richard and I. And he's a little younger than I am, but not that much. Uh, five years, or maybe it's 15 years. I don't know. Let me get him on here. And uh, Pastor Richard Knight uh, out of Valdosta, Georgia, is going to join me. Okay. Yes. Hello. Pastor Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Thank you, Pastor Richard. You're holding the energy for the entire universe for the ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp. And you know we wow. are legal in the state of Florida. I sent you the paperwork. But we haven't done much since we formed in June of this year, June 3rd, I think. But we'll, we're moving forward. We're, we're showing up. So here we are. Now what, Richard? Pastor Richard? <laughs> Over to you. Why don't you well, tell people a little about you and how you got involved with me and why this is I, – I guess it's supposed to be a church with the people showing up, but it's a cyberspace and an Internet church like Grandpa Morris had. He used to do radio, so it's it's not a new thing doing church on radio. But tell people a little about you and how you got involved in this whole thing. Let's get well, a historical event. Okay, uh let me see here. I mean, uh, I was born into the third dimension, completely connected to source. In other words, I had all memory of where I'd come from and who, to some extent, who I was and so forth. And I was born with a lot of extra senses instead of just the normal five. I uh, have remained connected to source all my life long, and basically source has been my parents because my life has been very rough and very uh, detached to a large extent. However... Uh, I have uh, done all kinds of different things. I'm a theologian. I've been involved in organized religion in the past, uh, both with Universal Life Church as a minister, but also as uh, the Egyptian Eastern Orthodox Coptic Church as an ordained bishop with them for a while. Um, I love to write. I'm a poet. I've written lots of articles for magazines and so forth, and shall eventually, hopefully, publish a few books. Uh, they're in the process at the moment. Uh, I am a metaphysician. I am a paranormal investigator. I have been a licensed investigator for civil and criminal matters for over 40 years. I've done law enforcement for the federal government and law enforcement for the state. Uh, and I've done all kinds of different things. And like uh, Teresa was saying, you know, that it just so happened that uh, in one particular afternoon, I happened to latch on to a, a red pyramid symbol that was in her Facebook Messenger at the time, and uh, it gave a phone number, and that is basically what I did. I dialed in, and we had a discussion, and from that point forward, it's it's kind of blossomed into a friendship and a, uh, an association of sorts. We did, however, know already each other uh, in a manner of speaking, to a small degree at least, on LinkedIn, because we had become colleagues on LinkedIn, but uh, we had only chatted very briefly here and there. 
So uh, basically our true interactions or whatever began back in February, and of course it's been blossoming in stages ever since. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I'm a metaphysician and uh, a Reiki healer. Uh, I'm a psychic impressionist. Uh, I've done psychic readings both at fairs as well as on the phone as well as on the radio. So uh, TJ and I have a lot in common, and uh, that's how we came together. And here we oh, are now. Blossoming. Yes, we're blossoming like a couple of blooming idiots. <laughs> That's for the haters out there, the people that hate people that get together and call themselves a church. Well, where Tiramore gathered his name, he is there also, folks. For all you ascended master believers out there, we have a bunch of them in different forms and narratives of culture and philosophy. And I used to go to a Buddhist temple in Hawaii. I was thinking about this morning. I woke up. And my brain, as you know, traveling, we talk about a lot of metaphysical stuff in our group, folks. So we are the supernatural groups of metaphysicians. Just so you know, we have the Ace Metaphysical Institute and Invisible College, which is like the Akashic Field, which we talked about with Richard last Sunday uh, about the library and the Akashic Field, which we'll, you'll hear us talk about at the uh, astral level a lot. Because the, whether you live in that area of uh, the New Age or Ascension Age, as we call it, the Golden Age, uh, the Cosmic Age, it's the age of information and the age of going into space. And a lot of us know how to do that, but I used to sit and meditate in the Buddhist temple, open air, you know, it was beautiful in Hawaii, but, you know, you'd t- they'd have the, you'd just go sit and meditate, and then, then the guy giving it, and it would say namaste, would leave. But I always felt like there was something non-fulfilling, and that was because, raised in America, there was this tradition we had, it didn't matter what, whether you're Catholic or Jews or Christians, Christians, Muslims, Jews, whatever, there are rituals that you go and you do, but some people get left unfulfilled. So even though I was doing the Buddhist thing in Hawaii because so many of my friends were Buddhist, I still had something non-fulfilling because of my American culture. So a lot of it, we come to earth having memories of who we are or do as our sole purpose. We like to find our mission, and you'll learn that everybody has a unique journey. So uh, with Richard here, Pastor Richard, I I felt like we should complete those feelings for people that need to be with their tribe or their gathering, and we are the baby boomer level. But, you know, my grandkids and all of that, they like to go to momentum here. It's a younger, more high high motivation, high energy, lots of hip music and pictures and all that. Well, Richard and I don't have that. We just have our voices. So we're going to tune in together and help those that do like to listen to us. And, and you know, I had a following here, Richard, for nine, well, eight years anyway. So a lot of my people fell off because they only liked hearing me do my psychic readings. A lot of people enjoy learning because there's some philosophy going on when you're doing psychic readings but a lot of the people in america were chose were uh shown how to believe in other world religions or how to practice other rituals so where i'm going with this richard is even though i know meditation is a big part of today's world and at least learning to do it 30 minutes a day because in science 
they prove they proven all minds are better. So we have to get control of our brains. But while we're walking around in these monkey suits with these monkey brains, you know, we, you and I are a lot more realistic about talking to people on the air, I think. What do you think? Do you think, am I too short, too abrupt, or should, do I have to go back and be more woo-woo? I'm not big on this. I mean, I listen to the woo-woo, and I sleep under the music. You and I were talking about the God level, the hurts, and the music, and my next-door neighbor plays music and makes it, and I used to. I'm still a member of BMI, but you know what I'm saying. It's not all just woo-woo, and it's not really all just reality every day walking around to be yourself. There's got to be somewhere in between where we get control of our brains and make it the woo-woo real. And that's what I would like to do, especially using parapsychology and ESP. So that's sort of where I'm going with this, and you know with Dr. Richard Allen Miller. All right, back to you. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's, I need your leadership. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like you've mentioned, the trend now is ascension or basically tuning into one's higher self or one's master self or one's spirit. One could put it in so many ways. Uh, but basically, yes, you use meditation. The, the, the key thing is is to develop a sense of knowing without the necessity of having a mind chatter. So basically, you know, the, the whole process of meditation is to quiet the mind so that you're not continually hearing this conversation that you're having with yourself and making comments about, you know, all, all the things that you have physically experienced or mentally experienced or emotionally experienced in the 3D realm that, of course, is captured by your senses and then in turn, of course, processed by your brain. And your brain goes on with this dialogue in a constant basis. And, of course, the Buddhist precept is that one needs to quiet the mind so that in turn they may uh, attach themselves to their heart rather than the outward world. So you could say that, you know, you begin having a conversation with your heart rather than with your mind. And your heart basically takes control of the brain because the brain then is put down to the level of being the tool that it was meant to be. And that is basically more or less like a computer. In other words, you, in, you, you bring all this information in, all this data in from all your five senses or more, and then in turn your brain processes it just like a computer and digitalizes it and analyzes it and gives you more information to go on from what you're perceiving. Well, when you listen to your heart, your heart is kind of done in, in a vibratory rate because, of course, you have your heartbeat. But when you start talking about your higher heart, that's your spiritual heart. And your spiritual heart is, is more or less attuned to your higher self or that is the, the flux of the doorway through which you actually manifest on a conscious level. Uh, you expand your awareness and you expand your consciousness. And it's not trapped or limited any longer by your brain because your brain would have you believe that, you know, it's the big thing and, and that's all that's happening is just your brain. When in fact, of course, you are a spirit being and your spirit is in actually control of your man suit and your brain. And of course, your spirit is immortal and everlasting and uh, it doesn't have uh, all of this vulnerability per se as, as your physical body does. And, of course, we, we can take adventures in our spirits uh, through astral rejection, through meditation, and through altered states of consciousness. Uh, altered states of consciousness can be raised 
raising your vibration per se or your frequency that you vibrate at and it can also be uh, done methodologically uh, by you know imbibing uh, drugs of, of various nature hallucinogens and so forth there are a lot of tribal customs and so forth that use mushrooms and, and things of that nature to arrive at an altered state of being uh, LSD was uh, very prominent of course and, and still is in the background even today um, as a substance that in turn induces an altered state and it heightens your awareness to some degree um, but the the ascension process and this is what I'm telling you the ascension process is to go from a frame of mind of being purely a human being and ha and your mind controlling all that you perceive to being a spiritual being that is in control of your mind and in control in turn of your body because the, the the ascension process is the raising of a frequency and vibration of the energy that we are made of because naturally we are actually energetic beings we are not we appear to be solid in form but on an atomic and molecular level we are not uh, static at all we, we you know just like our surroundings are not really static at all everything has a vibration and everything moves even though it may move at a very minute amount or speed that we do not recognize visually or uh, physically for that matter but you get to um, the physical self of course we are unique human beings we are a grandiose creation we maintain our bodies for the most part on autopilot I mean you know our heart beats we don't have to tell it to beat we breathe we don't have to tell ourselves to breathe and of course we think and we can think very deeply or we can think very shallowly uh, when you are talking shallow thinking then you're talking about just relating to outside events and outside observations and even to some extent relationships that can be shallow such as just you know acquaintances and so forth but when you start talking deeply then of course you start relating to all kinds of things and herein of course comes the word cosmic or cosmos now on a grandiose scale our spiritual beings are entities that are divine and entities that relate on a lot of different levels in a lot of different dimensions from a lot of different perspectives so we are cosmic beings and we relate in a cosmos in in being that our universe by and in, in and of itself is not the totality of the reality in which we can either operate or observe or actually experience to some degree there are lots of people that you know have had off-planet experiences uh, whether it be through space science whether it be through uh, learned uh, remote viewing or astral rejection or a lot of different spiritual sciences and approaches and they would go outwardly and at first of course they're going to experience the immediate galaxy and then in turn we would experience our universe and then our cosmos or maybe I have it backwards or maybe it's somewhat synchronistic in the fact being that you know if you have a universe obviously it's part of a cosmic creation so that's where the word cosmic comes in and then of course if you move on from there to the word oracles well oracles historically are very very old uh, what immediately comes to mind is the oracles of Delphi 
which were women that would sit on a specific mountain place and they would sit over a series of caves and the winds from the caves would basically whisper to them and then in turn they would give information to those who came to see them to gain insights on various affairs in their lives. And they were called oracles because they could foresee the future. And of course, so oracle now becomes synonymous with psychics or intuitives or persons who can give readings either through cards or intuitive impression or what have you. And so when you start speaking of a foundation and a group and you're using the terminology first of ascension and then cosmic or cosmos oracles, uh, I thought I would go ahead and define those three terms because even in those terms alone, there is a tremendous amount of information and knowledge. Uh, A lot of it garnered from the past, a lot of it garnered from tradition. Now, yes, there are lots of different rituals, and rituals, of course, can be very simplistic or they can be very, very grandiose and very time-consuming with a lot of different performances that need to be done. Uh, But we do rituals every day of our lives. Uh, I mean, when you get up in the morning, maybe you drink tea, maybe you drink coffee, maybe you drink V8, maybe you drink fruit juice whatever it be, that has become a ritual over time because upon your awaking, you're automatically conditioning or have conditioned yourself to go and get whatever it is you want to drink. And then from there, you know, uh, you may sit down at the computer and read emails or do whatever it is you want to do on the computer, whether it be as complex as creating websites or as complex as writing code or whatever that may happen to be. But then in turn, that also means through the Internet that, of course, you can reach to people all around the world. Now, of course, this is sort of like the isolation that we are somewhat coming out of. We are still partially in it because, of course, COVID and the pandemic are still very real. And, of course, a lot of people are still on lockdowns and things in different parts of the world and even here in the country in different places. But... The pandemic isolated us all from the aspect being we could no no longer be completely as social as we would normally be in life. And so as a result, you could say that society started folding inward or started directing its attention more inward. Um, And as a result, then, of course, we went to our computers and we went to other reliable sources such as watching movies or watching uh, programs on our televisions or programs through uh, movie networks or what have you and this kind of thing, and we became more inward social than we were outwardly social. And of course, unfortunately, uh, there were a lot of businesses that were drastically impacted. A lot of businesses closed down uh, because they they weren't able to function. They didn't have the the people coming in to buy their goods, whether they be a restaurant or a bookstore or whatever business it happened to be, they weren't getting the clientele in to buy their services. So in turn, again, cyberspace came into the to the picture from the aspect being that now of course you can completely run a business through the internet and cyberspace and you can sell all your goods online and this of course has been going on now probably for oh I would say maybe the last 20 or more years and it has developed and become very very uh, intense and very uh, sustainable as far as a way of life and so forth Because a lot of people now, instead of going into an office or whatever, their office is their computer and they can be anywhere in the world while at the same time being in their office. 
So, yes, the Internet has opened a whole field of knowledge and information that back, say, 50 years ago, we didn't have at our fingertips. 50 years ago, you went to libraries or you went to meetings with groups and you met other people that had had different experiences and different knowledge and you shared the knowledge that way and you gained wisdom over time through your own personal experiences. Now, of course, with the Internet and cyberspace, uh, there is basically no limit simply because anything and everything you want to know about almost anything is on the Internet. And even, of course, entertainment has branched out from there. And, of course, you've got YouTube and you've got all these other cyberspace medias that allow you to listen to music or observe and listen to people uh, podcasting or putting on conferences or putting on uh, lectures and so forth, or even holding group meetings uh, through various media such as uh, Facebook. You can create a chat room. You can create Zoom meetings. Uh, you can meet on Slack. You can meet on uh, – there's a whole bunch of media aspects now that we can take advantage of so that we actually can sit in our chair and not have to go anywhere physically and be all involved in all kinds of things over the Internet. So we have progressed in grand strides, and it is very progressive. And so that's where I'm uh, – I thought I would just go ahead and, you know, put it out there because naturally when you, when you say the word ascension, naturally most people would think, well, okay, are we climbing a mountain? Are we going up a hill? Or what are we doing? And the ascension we're referring to is one of removing oneself from one's regular normal mental set of being to becoming a spiritual-centered individual so that the mind is secondary to your spirit, whereas previously, of course, we have always had the mind in the forefront and our spirits secondary. And then, like I said, you know, uh, the cosmos, well, that can be translated into a different set of statistics in several different ways. Uh, we are cosmic from the aspect being that, yes, we reside within a galaxy, within a cosmos, within a universe, or within a universe in, inside the cosmos, whichever it happens to be. And then in turn, uh, oracles, of course, like I said, is another way of saying uh, mediums, psychics. And that's another thing, you see, because uh, channelers and psychics and so forth are far more accepted today than they ever used to be. The reason being that naturally when we fold within ourselves, we're always looking for answers. So as uh, Teresa was saying, you know, sometimes she would go to Buddhist temple and come away feeling a sense of lack or feeling a sense of non-completedness. And the reason for that is, is that, you know, we like to be social and we have to feel accepted and we want to feel uh, a sense of love greater than or grander than ourselves. And again, this is kind of human instinct because human beings are social by nature. So. Yeah, that's good. That's a good philosophy, and I'm glad. Write that down, folks. <laughs> you write it down, Richard, because we're just starting oh, I, this. I haven't memorized we, we got, Oh, you did? I haven't, for, for I haven't memorized. This is the way I am, you know? This <laughs> is. 
Well, it's Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp, folks, and we have to do the rituals of filing paperwork. So I'm the administrator agent, but I'm also the pastor, and I have Teresa J. Morris Ministries. I'm looking at my local license from Santa Rosa County and the panhandle of Gulf Breeze. But, you know, people out there don't know who I am or what I do. But I noticed when the Mormon missionaries came by, they looked up, and the guy, one of the boys, uh, was showing the other boy, but they wouldn't say the name. They were like, Teresa J. Morris. And I, I was like, what are y'all looking at? And I said, oh, yeah, that's, they said, well, what do you, what kind of, what, what kind of ministries do you have? Because they're boys and they're elders in the Latter-day Saint church, the Mormon church. And I was in that and they were coming by to visit me and really looking for my daughter, Angela and Stephanie, because they're still in the roles, whereas I'm dead. So, on the roles of the Latter-day Saints. Now, that was done by mistake, I think, because when my father died and his wife, Louise Hotard, was putting in mother's name, which was Teresa as well, and I think they put me dead, but whatever. Uh, Bishop Kelly of the local LDS church went to see my daughter yesterday, and she told me, Stephanie, that was a big deal. They went in the house, Richard, and blessed the house and got on their hands and knees and had an anointing for Stephanie, and they put uh, the sacred oil or, or sacred water, whatever you want to say. But she said, why did y'all come see me? Because she hadn't been going to church for years, and they said the Holy Ghost sent them, that she had great things to do in the church. Of course, today I don't think she even went. Because she was telling me, Mom, I'll have to give up smoking. I said, well, get patches. <laughs> so her addiction to cigarettes is keeping her from doing what she feels like she should do because they're very big on the ancestry and doing all the work. But I was just on the phone with Debbie from my old life, 20 years in Kentucky with her brother. who uh, I'm a widow, and I live by myself with my dog, and I talk to Richard occasionally. But, you know, I watch everything. I do my best as an analyst. I was trained in law enforcement, criminal justice, and I do watch from an analyst point of view. But, Richard, I want to tell you, it was his, her brother, Tom, even though she put in ancestry that I was, you know, his wife and my children as his stepchildren, like you adopt them or whatever. But it's not the bloodline. So a lot of people, including Janet Carolesson, my girlfriend that Richard knows because he's been on her radio shows, and he got to know her rather quickly because she was on the first show uh, with me and Dr. Richard Allen Miller. So I invite you all to go look at that show. And then Richard came on that day. So I'll always remember Richard the day I had Janet with, and Janet got off early. <laughs> so Richard got involved in my life with Richard Allen Miller and Janet. So it was me, Richard. So we're associates in a spiritual way. Like I was married to Tom, but he's gone down on the other side, even though I can still feel them. And I have his pictures up in here, but pictures aren't the same. Now, in some religions, like uh, I'm going all over the place, but it's all related because it's all spiritual. And it's all world-related with world religions. But with the Amish, and I used to go and uh, buy food from the Amish with my husband, and he resold it to other people over in Central City uh, from Beaver Dam. And his sister had the local Beaver Dam uh, food. But uh, the thing is, it was related in a way because it was good, clear Amish-grown food. But they believed – I t started taking a picture, and they let me, but they don't like their children uh, to have that because they believe if you cut part of the picture, 
you'll capture part of this soul. It's from the old country, I think, for photos, but they still run around in buggies, too. So <laughs> there's uh, different religions with different things that happen, and they are part of the ritual of what they happen to believe. And they are from the old way of thinking uh, before they came over. And they were like Anabaptists, and uh, that's a whole – every group has a beginning like this one for uh, Richard and I, our, my Teresa J. Morris Ministries, and I have to own that while we're building it. But we're building it together, so I invite any of you that want to help us in this reality and how we're going to create it because uh, people don't know what this is. I'm not really sure we do either, uh, Richard. So it's in the words that you say and I say and the people that are listening that are a part of it. So we are uh, authors of our own life story, each individual, and we are creating and going through the rituals of being a real business, a profit and a not-profit, and how we are going to move forward. So we're going to ask everybody if you'd like to be a member or if you'd like to donate, please do so. You can go to the paypal.me forward slash TJ Morris ET Radio and let us know who you are. I'll see your name on the PayPal, and I'll tell Richard. And the uh, $5 membership will let you know that you're part of this and would like to hear your life story. So we're going to do another one Thursday. We're starting Thursday with a guy named Benny Pelham. So I invite you guys back Thursday for our beginning who's who. And uh, we'll have, hopefully, Richard Allen Miller on his Who's Who story uh, to let him say it because he's getting up in years. And he's one of our original founders, as is Janet and Richard. So uh, I already had all the paperwork done. So, yes, technically, I'm the original admin holder. But it takes more than one to do this stuff. And that is what I was missing in my Hawaii. Hawaii was beautiful. It was on my spiritual path. And we can discuss who we are and how we got on our spiritual path to today. And, you know, we see, uh, you know, we're all under the same threat of blowing our planet up, nuclear threats. And we're all under the same threat of world uh, warming um, and uh, the same plates that travel on the ring of fire and uh, earthquakes and volcanoes, and we're all under the same hurricane threats if you're on the coast, at least east and west right now we're threatening. And then, you know, we, uh, Rich and I don't get into politics, but we do get into religions. And uh, the reason is we're really philosophers and metaphysicians, but I'm a sage elder, and he is a sage elder, and we're called ascension masters. Uh, because we both died, and we also have gone through our memories in the Akashic field to know who we are in past lives. Now, you have to believe a little differently because it usually has to do with reincarnation. So, Richard, I'm going to have to go on mute for a minute. So if you will talk about the difference because Christians don't necessarily believe in reincarnation. But let me put you on mute while I answer the door. Richard, you got the floor. Okay. Well, reincarnation, of course, you know, there's the belief that some people are here for the first time and other people have been here for hundreds, possibly even thousands of times. And a lot has to do with your spiritual journey and a lot has to do with what you spiritually perceive 
you have a necessity of learning or experiencing in this realm of experience. So yes, there are the Eastern religions for a large part uh, do identify that reincarnation or having more than one lifetime or basically leaving this life and then coming back for another uh, as part of their philosophies and, and part intertwined in their religions. Now, of course, with Christianity, we do believe, of course, that Christ died and came back. And so that would again show that there is the transformation on a spiritual level that you can uh, control physically who you are. And, of course, there are a great many uh, apocryphal texts that say that, you know, Christ went on and, and he lived and he married and he had kids and he traveled around the world and he was gr a great teacher and he taught many people in many different lands. And some of it was uh, under even a few different names, per se. But reincarnation is the belief, of course, that we do not have just one life, that in fact we are here and we toil away in order to learn lessons on a spiritual level and to have experiences on a spiritual level when we are in a physical reality because naturally as spirits we are energetic consciousness and therefore we are not bound by a physical body in any particular realm or region. And so as a result of that, uh, we have to incarnate into a physical form in order to experience physical reality. Now, of course, uh, I can mention Edgar Cayce, you know, the Sleeping Prophet, and the Casey Foundation, C-A-Y-C-E. -E. They have a great archive of, of, he was a medical intuitive, as well as a prophet, as well as uh, believed very thoroughly in reincarnation, and said that even went as far as to say that sometimes maladies that we experience in this life may be leftover or residual energies from a life that we had before we incarnated once again here in the here and now. So reincarnation is a very established belief, but yet it is not widely accepted other than uh, in the metaphysical school of thought and in more progressive philosophies other than just Christianity. Uh, because naturally the Christian belief is that, you know, you die and you go to heaven and that's the end of the story. Well, you know, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not going to say that it's wrong. But it is a very thorough and well-believed-in well well uh, practice and theory that this is what happens with people. And when you think about it, most people when they are born don't remember having uh, a past life having had another life prior to this one, uh, our memory is kind of wiped clean, you can say, or the slate is made clean uh, in the fact being that you have no memory of who you were previously or where you were previously or any of this. But the interesting thing is uh, it has come forward now with the pseudoscience of hypnosis because, you know, when you hypnotize someone, uh, you put them back in a frame of reference uh, that they can experience all that they've done, not only in this life, but also oftentimes they will come forward and say, well, you know, I'm now so-and-so, and I'm in, in this particular society, in this particular culture, in this particular uh, place in the world, and I'm experiencing, I have experienced a life there because it is, though as I am looking at it from 
part of my past rather than part of something that I'm experiencing anew. So, you know, and then, of course, you branch out into the Akashic Records, as we have discussed before, and the Akashic Records are the, the records of the entirety of the universe, um, and everyone that has ever lived on any planet in this particular universe or whatever, and uh, they, there is a hall of records on the other side, and when I refer to the other side, of course, I'm talking about the seventh dimension, which is a, a fair fairly removed space from here in that it vibrates and, and the frequency is far higher than ours is here in the three dimensions. And there at the Hall of Records, uh, you can go and you can observe. Basically, you sit down in a, in a small room and uh, there is like a video player in front of you and it shows you all of your past lives. And the this, I believe, occurs to us when, in fact, we have passed on, when our spirit has, just, has been called home. Uh, we are, leave this physical body behind, and we go to the other side, to the seventh dimension. And the very first thing we do is we review all that we have experienced and all that we have done in this life, so that in turn we can make a decision as to whether or not we need to come back here for further lessons, or if, in fact, we've gotten to a point where all the lessons that we needed to learn here have been completed, and then in turn we would move on to some other kind of reality, whether it be another planet, whether it be another uh, civilization, whether it be another galaxy, whether it be another universe, wherever it happens to be, we would then in turn move on, of course, to progress where we need to go next. And of course, this is, uh, you know, the theory and practice and belief of reincarnation. In other words, you reincarnate in specific modes of reality so that in turn your spirit may gain the experience of being in that reality in a physical form and learn whatever it is uh, you want to experience. Um, of course, there are lots of uh, things that occur to people and it honestly makes you just shake your head and wonder why, because uh, I cannot say why people would choose, you know, to have specific diseases or to go through specific traumatic events. Um, that is beyond my reasoning and beyond my knowledge. All I can say is that, you know, they have chosen to do so or that it was God's will. Um, and, of course, now we start interplaying here where, you're talking about a divine being decreeing that someone needs to experience something. And, of course, you, you could say that as far as reincarnation is concerned, it's an agreement or, in a manner of speaking, a contract that you decide that you want to experience all these different things for yourself. Now, of course, keep in mind that as a spiritual being, you are energetic consciousness, and therefore, because you are not bound to a physical form, you feel, you know, that uh, you are um, in a state of being where basically uh, no challenge is too much of a challenge for you. So you might decide that, okay, I'm going to, to experience this loss or I'm going to have this limitation because I want to experience what it might be like having a limited form or I might want to have extra senses or I might want to have uh, you know, an extra long life or an extra short life. Um, and there are lots of circumstances, of course, even as wise as I may be, and even with all the 
tons of experience and knowledge that I have, I really can't say, you know, uh, for example, you know, why would a, an infant come in and, and then die within a few months? And the only reason I could give you would be so that the parents that were involved would be brought together through the love of the child. Uh, and of course, that's just a hypothesis. I mean, I can't prove it nor disprove it. And there are lots of things that I can tell you that I can neither prove nor disprove when it comes to spiritual information and spiritual knowledge and wisdom. But reincarnation is the belief that we are here for more than one time. And there are those that may only come here once and they get, you know, they experience whatever it is they wanted to experience and they, don't, they move on to wherever it is next. There are those that come that basically are here to help others progress on their spiritual path. Or you could say awaken, um, because naturally the big uh, contention now is, are we living in a matrix? Are we living in an illusion? Is this nothing but a hologram? And all of these are great questions. And again, they can neither be proven completely nor disproven completely. Uh, you know, uh, the thing of it is that, you know, on a mental level, of course, we all create our own individual realities. Uh, we govern who we interact with on a spiritual, mental, emotional, and psychological level in our day-to-day reality. And then in turn, uh, you know, this progresses outwardly because, uh, we are also part of the overall consciousness of the planet or the race of mankind. And the race, of course, determines what is the best path for the entirety of the race. And we all have input in this, even though it may seem that we are vulnerable and at the uh, complete behest of others. Uh, in reality, we do have the hope that, yes, we can control to some extent what we experience personally. Now, of course, you know, yes, there is uh, the warming of the planet where the uh, glacial fields uh, at the North Pole and the South Pole are melting. So naturally, eventually our sea levels are going to rise and that's going to create all kinds of changes. And of course, there's other things, uh, you know, uh, from what I understand, uh, the hole that was in our uh ionosphere and so forth uh, has mended itself to a large degree over time and so we are not as vulnerable in that pers perspective but there are lots of things I mean we we constantly pollute the planet we constantly you know make use of the resources I've got a whole box over here just take my I've got a whole box of toys. Light one now. okay yeah it's my favorite hello Teresa you're oh, live. I'm sorry am I Oh, I'm live? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm back on. Interesting. So I'm live. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I was giving him <laughs> some incense, and he gave me, we barter, folks, in the spiritual world. Uh, I gave him some incense, and he gave me some salsa. Is that a fair trade? Probably. Sure. I gave him Sounds like it to me. Okay. Okay, good. And he gave me a, a, a like a little container, like a... I had to give him the container. That's why I knocked on the door. He uh, He's uh, really interesting. He's only 27, very uh, spiritual. And uh, he says when he comes over here, it's like God. I don't know what that is. I look around. I'm like, 
Are you kidding me? But he really believes that. There's something about my age and where I live, I guess. But he says he loves to come over here. It's so godlike. It's the energy. Like, That's so what it is. God. It's the energy, your vibration, you see. Wow. Well, I didn't I didn't even know how to respond because nobody's ever said that to me. Of course, he's 27 and I'm soon to be 70. But I just love a little two-bedroom like he does. We're equals as far as monetarily. You know, we both have a company we run, and uh, I don't get it, but okay. Well, we are starting this Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp together, folks. And wherever you are on your spiritual quest or your spiritual journey, and, uh, you know, we can barter. Or uh, You know, uh, I'm doing this for membership donation because I've done it and paid it all my for eight to nine years by myself anyway. But, you know, occasionally people would give me 20 bucks here or there, but very rarely. And I had a check today come in from my Lulu. The girl told me they sent it to Kentucky. So what's that about, Richard? It was only 2179. So I said, well, sign my name on it and put it in your bank because that's not going to make or break me, right? It's not worth the trouble of putting it in the mail to me. But why did my, I've updated all my stuff in the internet. So why is it going to, Kentucky. But see, these are things that happen every day, folks, that we can't explain. We do everything we can administratively and to make ourselves right in the Internet, in cyberspace culture, using software. And yet we are sentient cosmos oracles with a belief or a knowing of who we are, even when we're off planet. But when you come here and you're putting these vessels uh, these human vessels and you're you know born through the womb, is what we say as humanoids. Uh, sentient intelligent beings is the fact that you're still destined to lead a life in a human form and whatever that brings you and we don't have all the answers but uh, we help those that cross our path and our journey more so today in our physical reality or who we're spending time with and my heart goes out to all those people in Afghanistan and India and all the countries that don't have what we have here because we are privileged in America. And uh, many countries feel like we don't know what we have because we have it and they don't and they want it because we seem to be very happy. Other than some of the Muslims that keep, uh, I'm sure there's wonderful happy Muslims in this in our country. But from what I can see, I don't want to be suppressed or having to wear burqas or hide my face or not, you know, if I'm, I don't really wear makeup so much, but if I wanted to, I don't want people to take my rights from me that I've been told in freedom uh, to do what I want to do. So let's talk about freedom on the planet, Richard, coming here. And you mentioned something. So I'd like to start today, Richard. This is going to be totally different. My husband that's passed over on the other side, I said uh, this may not be the appropriate place, but I feel like it is. Because we're creating this as we go, folks. Richard has no idea what I'm going to say. I have no idea what he's going to say. So we're creating synchronicity and serendipity behavior. And today, our behavior, once we're born on the planet through the womb, meaning the female at this point, although we've discussed here on the channel about how to be do and have here with your wants, needs, and desires. And we at the highest level of knowing who we are uh, have certain responsibilities to others, at least in our own mind's eye or your third eye because we are the chosen charmed ones, the power of three. There's only three levels, zero, one, and infinity. Anything else is man-made, even the numbers we use. There's no such thing as most of the reality that we've created because it was created by man. Now, what I'm going to share with you, Richard, 
Is that okay, Pastor Richard, if I share? Uh, sure. A different, it's a different reality now, Pastor Richard. That's I'm going to okay. introduce. I don't, you, you don't even know about it, but I feel like it's time finally for me to tell the truth of a reality that exists in between this reality and the one that is like Joseph Campbell or uh, Thomas Campbell of uh, My Big Toe or the Theory of Everything, T-O-E, Theory of Everything, is the fact that in our spiritual science community, there are some other stories. Now, they may be in uh, the greatest movie, box office biggest seller was Avatar with James Cameron in learning what we do here in cyberspace is digital culture. And this cyberspace culture is a living entity breathing thing. And even though you can't see it, it could go away at any time. It's based on your adaptability to a reality that deals in electronics. And if you have an ability to capture intelligence, information, knowledge, is open source intelligence with tools that you're given outside of your body, because even at my level of coming and going, I can only be around certain extraterrestrials that can talk to me without these this equipment. So most humanoids I meet do not have that capability. And I don't know if it's too early to share this because we're talking at levels like we know what we're talking about in the Internet about the fifth dimension and the sixth dimension and the seventh as the astral plane or the etheric plane. And uh, most of the people unless you are familiar and educated to the person that's sending the information, they may be talking and you hearing them thinking you know what they're talking about, but do you? What if I'm from another place in space talking about all this? I know what I mean, but you don't. So let's get into the high uh, ground of Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp. Now, Richard reached out to me, and I'm going to tell him a story, Richard. I'm going to tell it to you, okay, because that will be the easiest thing. It will be recorded here because this is what we are. So in the limited version of how to keep it real in this reality in cyberspace culture, that we have cyberspaceculture.com, by the way, and that will be our overall database uh, as far as I'm concerned for right now with my American Communications Online company and my Teresa J. Morris Ministries to have our license. And then we have the different company names and whether it's going to be a church or not because so many people hate that word. But we also go on uh, various ascended masters, including Jesus and Buddha and other people, so to speak. And you have to know their names or you don't. So a lot of it's about sound and what you're hearing and people's names that we evoke. And my ascended master before it was Buddha was Jesus and uh, there were others, including St. Germain of the Violet Ray, and a man that lived 144 years or more or still walking around as a mortal. But see, these are thoughts, and Richard and I have not come to agreement for the listening audience as to what we are going to base our reality on as we create this new future together here on the radio waves. So here goes. I want to tell a story to Pastor Richard T. Knight for our posterity that deals with 
uh, my late husband because he worked in between this world and the one that was created in a level called secret space. And what Richard and I are talking about today, the reason it's important is it's never been talked about at this level because we'll just say once upon a time (laughs) when uh, he was alive on planet Earth, he's no longer here, wherever he is, he's now considered outside the Matrix, which was one of the greatest movies like Avatar, Avatar and Matrix. So since Hollywood always tells all stories that create the narrative in the history that we're telling ourselves in this reality in cyberspace is movies, movies and television. Well, my husband did like certain movies and things, but he was in the Army, and he was an intelligence officer during Reagan and Bush administrations. But while he was there, President Reagan wanted to know about if UFOs were real during his administration. Now, this is the story that I learned from 20 years that I think I was sent to Tom because in my reality as a a minister, spiritual path minister for God, I had lightning hit in Hawaii and convinced me, like my name is Thor's hammer or uh, Thor's protection, God's protection, divine. My name was Thurmond, and when I traced it back and I went to Europe to trace my ancestry, it came back to Thor's protection, whether it means anything or not on my father's side. On my mother's, it was Bolton and Richmond. But that's a whole other story, too. There are a lot of my friends, including Tom's sister. I talked to earlier, Deborah Dockery in Kentucky that got that check. I said, just keep it, is the fact that we all are talking in a reality that we believe because we're in a human form is real. So we base it on the fact that we can see each other's human form. Now, that's one reality. Now, the once upon a time story that my husband told me, I started in visualizing what he taught me which I don't know how he did it. He explained it to me, and he explained it to me how they did it in the intelligence community. And many people, when I started writing about this, Richard, long time ago in 2007 for a guy in Canada, uh, my producer at the time, publisher, was Dirk Vanderplug, but he's since passed. I uh, was writing, and I got world attention, including from Russia and the uh, head of the church and my husband had met the pope he didn't only know president but he met the pope because the pope was almost falling one day when he was there when they were out in a public place on the steps i guess in rome and he just happened to be stationed over there and uh went there and he you're not supposed to touch the pope but the uh he was on the side and the men behind him but he was close enough on the steps that he caught him so the pope thought he was divinely sent so they asked uh they didn't exchange at that time but the pope acknowledged him and looked at him and you know everybody raced over tom said because he touched him and all that but he was a young boy he was only from 80 to 93 and nobody knows this story at least the people that were involved at the time, because he was in human form. He's not now. He's passed over. But the story was the Pope uh, knew it was American. All he knew was it was American in a uniform that day, that army. And so uh, it was just a fluky thing. 
that he happened to be there at the time. He told me all the details, but I'm sorry, folks, I don't remember. But the fact is the Pope sought him out through at that power. They have that power to find out, you know, what regiment and where he was located. And Richard can appreciate this because he was in the Army, too, or at least National Guard and security over in Europe. But anyway, you will know that there's ways in the details, and I do from my Navy experience, to track people down. So they tracked him down, make a long story short, and he went to visit the Pope, okay? Now, he went to visit the Pope and got to go in uh, Rome, Vatican, and meet him and talk with him. And uh, what he was told was he felt Tom was guided at that time. So Tom just hid that away. And you know, when he went back, the guy said, why did the Pope want? Because they had found out you know, that the church or the, they wanted to speak, and it went down through the sergeant. But they're supposed to keep secrets and stuff. It wasn't really a secret. It was just a happening for a, some young guy in the Army. And you know, it was a big thing. But it only happened there, and there was no people to put it in the press or anything. It was a secret type of thing that happened. But it really happened. And I got to see the visions, and I wondered, how could I see that on a movie but my husband had the ability to project thoughts. Now, he doesn't know, and he can explain to me how he did that, but I am an uh, empath, but he was a good teacher for me for 20 years. Now, here's the rub with Richard, is when Richard, I was thinking about how to write a book about the miraculous and the supernatural and all that I've experienced, while my husband was alive, but it's too miraculous, too supernatural to be believable. So I've asked Richard to help me write a book. We don't know if it's going to be Men in Black or Encounters or whatever, but I don't know if it needs to be about the Ascension Cosmos Oracles or a separate series with these things miraculous or if it has to do with angels and Men in Black or not because – Here's the story I'm telling you, Richard, is one of the things that I experienced with him over 20 years that would be very hard to put 20 years of my life in one book, but Janet Carolesson, my girlfriend uh, that I've only met, I can remember meeting twice in my reality, once in Mobile, Alabama, University of Alabama, USA, uh, University of Southern Alabama, USA, University of Southern Alabama, ergo acronym USA. And uh, May 10th, 2017, which I want Richard to be the writer or the narrator of this reality for Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp, is the fact that she is part of my past, and she has a story that was about Tom and, and Thomas Anthony Sinisi as well. They, too, held the energy for Tom, while Tom could tell his story on this radio show. But. Tom didn't tell these secrets, and one of them was while he worked. Now, they know about this one. That he, Well, no, they know about him working over in Germany as an assassin, but they don't uh, – or hitman or whatever you want to call it in the Army or CIA or both. They don't know about the spiritual part, which has to do with extraterrestrials off-planet. What Tom interfaced with me, to me it's a spiritual journey because I had gone to White Sands earlier that Tom didn't know. The government knew, but Tom didn't know, and my uncles worked for the government in White Sands. So since I had died as a young child, uh, I had been uh, initiated, indoctrinated into the world of ascension 
by way of these angels that could come and go at their leisure. So I had a vision of seeing angels that can walk and talk on planet Earth and disappear. Now, are they from the other side or not? I don't know. So this is what me in this reality is working on, being from another place in space universally that can see people that come and go in my reality, the one in human form. So when I met Tom, I thought I was assigned to him, and we can get into that, how I think that, why I think that, and I'll explain that to Richard if he wants to put it in the book. But I was assigned in my mind because they said the government needed me to come back from Hawaii. Um, Men in Black came to see my husband at the time and brought me to America back again. And we had to ship our Cadillac back over and our stuff and all that. And so I went over with one man in the Navy and I came back with another man, meaning I remarried. But Thomas, I wound up marrying him. And during that time, he and I had repelled each other as truck drivers. And the reason was we both had extraterrestrial experiences. And when we would sit down, we scared each other. So we would come back and forth in Hawaii, not in Hawaii, in Kentucky. So I had moved to Kentucky. I was a truck driver out of Oklahoma and Texas. I got my training in Oklahoma and went to Fort Hood, Texas, where I signed some new paperwork. Now, the reason I'm saying this is all spiritual, a spiritual quest is how does all my thing, lightning and knowing of Thor's protection in Hawaii and being on a spiritual path like a Celestine prophecy book, immortality and seeing a tree split and lightning and thunder and being told I would do this ascension work and seeing a magical uh, emblem appear. And now I use that uh, because I don't know what to do with it. So over time, I believe it's the radio airwaves and how I was going to communicate with others, the ascension process, because I was immediately formed the nonprofit ascension center organization in Hawaii, and I could no longer focus. After the uh, lightning hit the tree, and lightning always seems to be involved with sages and seers. That's how I knew I was one psychically from the time I was a child seeing angels to in White Sands or at my home in Louisiana and then going to White Sands and meeting extraterrestrials. Tom didn't know any of this, okay? So here it is, a person that's seen angels, been able to have relatives work in White Sands, New Mexico, go see UFO ships, extraterrestrials, and have this in her background, and all of a sudden the government has me going to meet Tom, and then him being assigned to the uh, paranormal desk is what we call it, I guess, in federal FBI or whatever, but you didn't know I was an investigator. And we had all these problems I can go into as so to how we repelled each other. He didn't trust me, and he took my gun and my tape recorder that was given to me to you know, record or whatever, I guess him. But it's a long story, but the part that's spiritual, he had no reason, and it took me 20 years to get this story put together. So I'm very protective of it because it's an extraterrestrial story, and he had no reason to share it. I had to pull it out of him. He wasn't about fame or fortune. Matter of fact, just the opposite. He asked me to wait till he died to tell this story. So there's a, a book, Roswell Encounters, where we take our story 
uh, the one he sort of told me in the beginning to put together because we went to Roswell together in a big truck. And Roswell was the home, and I had to go over and talk to a gentleman uh, about the story and uh, Stanton T. Friedman, who had just left a uh, gentleman, and they ran the Roswell UFO Museum, uh, Mr. Hot and Glenn Dennis. And I had been to uh, a gentleman that's, all these people are dead now. Calvin Parker's talked to uh, him as well, was uh, Jesse Marcel. So this all involves people that are all dead now on the other side, like my husband. But this is the truth of people that were in my reality. And the story goes back to the people that were found people on this planet hundreds of thousands of years ago. And we're still in space. They can come and go at their leisure. Now, my question is, these extraterrestrial beings that come and go in our spiritual worlds, in our world religions, as gods, deities, angels, devils, Satan, Lucifer, uh, Jesus, Yahshua, that story of the Abrahamic face, Abraham's God, of the Jews, Muslims, and Christians, Abrahamic face, pretty much lead and the newer religions after uh, Hindu, because the Hindus have the stories of the extraterrestrials and the wars in heaven that came and went, as do the Anunnaki in Iraq, and the history of the Anunnaki are those, it's early of the An, people from out in space, and um, the sky people, uh, Anu and Naaki, is those from the heavens came, are the sky people that even the Indians believed in. So I'm learning all this and learning all the world religions when I start this radio show in 2012. Now, it'd been five years since I had written anything about extraterrestrials. And the Ascension Cosmos Oracles, as of today, will be Richard doing his best to help me pen a story that is very in-depth. I lived it, so I'm involved, but I don't know how to piece it together because as involved and complicated as it is, I don't know how many people are going to not want me to tell the story because many people have died and on the other side, including Dirk Vanderplug that was publishing the story. The gentleman that had me on his radio show, I had people all this time wanting me to do radio shows, but I wouldn't. Kevin Smith, he died. And I started seeing all the people around me trying to tell the story passing over. So there's other people, but these were the two at the time. So I sort of backed off the story. Uh, and I don't know if this is true or not. Now, Robert Morningstar is still alive, but he was just the second in charge with helping Dirk Vanderplug get our UFO digest going. And uh, he didn't know Robert Morningstar is a friend of mine, but I never met him. He was out of New York. Now, he's still alive, but he didn't know enough. So I'm wondering if people that are going to know this story, the reason it's got to stay Richard, Pastor Richard, in the spiritual realm is that's the only way in our history with myths and legends that we've been able to tell stories that were the truth, that the powers that be in our empirical world and in many worlds, empirical like Rome, you know, when in Rome, well, it's always been all roads lead back to Rome, and that's still the truth on this planet. Now, I know we're facing nuclear war, and we're facing uh, global warming, 
And the third one, I say global, well, the epidemic now, the uh, pandemic, uh, but is keeping ourselves as stewards of the planet. Now, these people that were extraterrestrial, they weren't, you know, Janet would like to just call them the Anunnaki. And so in her mind, she's convinced, Tom and I were working with the Anunnaki. Now, back in the day when I was strictly in the uh, going to the New Age bookstore in Houston, and uh, uh, it was Gray, what is it, Phil Gray, John Gray, his mother trained me in the Ascension Arts, or the uh, what we back then called the occult and metaphysical bookstores. And it was called Aquarian uh, Age Bookstore near Rice University in Houston, which is where I got my first metaphysical training from women that were old sages and seers and then another woman in Houston. So I got a lot of training by, uh, basically I had a lot of money at the time, 5000 a month easy in my pocket to uh, go through because I was doing investigations. So I had a lot of money to spend on books, which they loved. They had me read every book, and I probably bought every book in their bookstore, except when it went over to the Ashtar Command. They wouldn't let me read those. And I said, why? So I I had to sneak and try, but no, they wouldn't let me read that. They said, no, that was CIA-contrived Ashtar Command for the extraterrestrials. So I don't know what they knew or if they knew Ashtar Command, but it changed reality to make sure we believed in extraterrestrials. So whether that was a PSYOPs or not, I don't know. I just know that's the way I was trained by these women that believed uh, globally and universally in their bookstore in the metaphysical world. So one might say that because of who they were spiritually and metaphysically, these women, sages, crones, I believed their honesty and their heart and their minds to guide me properly. But they also took me out to NASA to a MUFON meeting, which they believed in UFOs in a different way than the Ashtar Command, which they believe was a CIA PSYOP started in their educational level of being book owners and bookstore owners. So uh, there's a long story going there that Richard Knight is now going to get into with uh, man research something MRU and Dr. Richard Allen Miller and me and Psy and all these other groups that have been started since back in the 60s. So there's a 50 to 75-year-old story of extraterrestrials. But, Richard, I want to make sure people know that there are people on the planet telling and interweaving and threading the narrative of people on the planet in a philosophical way, in a spiritual way, in a religious way, a philosophical and a scientific way. But here for us, you and me, and all those listening and who will listen to this, if they even bother, which I've noticed most people, they have to run across it on their spiritual path. If one thing I've learned is you have to work for it on this planet. You have to work for your knowledge. You have to seek it out. It doesn't seek you. They say, and it's in some of my YouTube videos, that which you are seeking is seeking you. It may be seeking you, but it may come later than you want it to. So the story my husband shared off-planet working in space on spacecraft, he didn't believe it either. He was on the Reagan uh, task force, as was I. I was on a Reagan task force, and I was indoctrinated and recruited. I met President Reagan, and then I met in Austin a gentleman, and uh, I can't tell you the things we did 
for two reasons, and we'll get into that later, but it has nothing to do with my spirituality as far as I know, only the belief in light and dark and how we fight things on the planet. I can tell you, because my husband's passed over his story, so that part is going to be the complicated of weaving my real story, because I'm still alive, with the story of my husband that's passed. But he was taken underground. We have underground bases, call them dumps or whatever, deep underground. It's military. And back in the day, now this is in my reality from what I understand, we built those back when there was, we were in the Cold War, but even before that, when we set off the first nuclear bombs. So I came on the planet 1226-51. So I had to learn about nuclear and understanding that we could blow ourselves up and that it did affect all of reality. So when that nuclear was set, that first nuclear bomb, and my mother married a man late in life before they died, which I was just talking today about in Kentucky. She married Lewis Humphrey, which was on the boat or worked on that bomb, which is you will find a lot of synchronicities in life that you just can't hardly believe. But Lewis met Tom. Mom and Lewis Humphrey uh, met Tom and loved him and they never knew this story. Nobody, not his sisters, uh, no one. And it seemed like the government knew parts of his story, and they wanted to know the rest. So they sent me. But then when he met me and took my web, it was instantly, he was a really good agent. Even though we were both on trucks, he could instantly sniff out and went in my purse on my truck, which shocked me just went, grabbed it, and pulled my weapon out, which I was like, oh, my God. Of course, I couldn't have it, but the government didn't tell me that or whoever gave it to me because they were men in black because I don't know how else to describe them, but I worked for the government. Now, Tom was always, of course, you would be, too, if you met a woman that was carrying a weapon and a recorder, and he was saying, who are you really? And I didn't know what he was talking about because I was sent to drive a truck. So we'll get into all that, but the story he told me over the years that I had to dig out of him is the story to me that I find most credible because I wanted to know how he could do what he did and put these thoughts in my head where I could see the visions, not talking like everybody has that ability with your third eye. And Richard, you are the gift of gab and for analyzing what people say and reaccount it, and I know that from proof of a video I sent you, is the fact that you can retell it very eloquently, but very good for people grasp it or grok it. The fact is, I believe him, and I don't know how to tell people when he didn't want his truth to be known until he died. But it is a piece of the puzzle and one that the extraterrestrials choose certain people and he was chosen because the president sent him to find out the truth. Now, do you think he was chosen because Grandpa gave me the ministry? He was 108 years old, asked me to be on the spiritual quest. Is that because Tom's grandfather loved me and now he's passed over and asked me to carry on that? Is that why I met him? Was this an agreement off the planet? I don't know. But the fact that extraterrestrials existed in the Hindu religions and the wars of the heavens, and we all know about the wars of the floods and all people scientifically, philosophically, pretty much anybody with any education level that have studied world religions and know the floods 
and at least seven different stories of the floods, just the minimum around the world, we all go back to before anything was written, and we find uh, some pictographs are the fired clay tablets of the Anunnaki are back to the Sanskrit and the way that they use these little uh, clay tablets and they'd take uh, a mud brick that they'd make and put little indentations and little ends of a stick and make little points in certain ways to become a way to uh, count and to do, and we right now all the children on the planet are relating it back to Thoth. And when I went back in one of my past lives, I found I was in an Egyptian tomb, and I went down a hallway that was uh, the green-type lights over my head. I was on a slab, and they carried me, four men, and they put me on a cold slab, and I saw a black bird come over me. And I've experienced all that in this reality to give me one of my past lives, which was like Thoth, and I went into... The, uh, under the paw, it was like that because I have a, a past memory in watching myself in this video, but I lived it while I was in Hawaii and finding my initiation into what we call in the metaphysical spiritual world of a group we get people together, and it was on my birthday on 12-26, probably 2003, before I was initiated. Now, somehow in that group in Hawaii, I knew coming to Kentucky, but I don't know how I knew. And one of the psychics, the go, uh, this girl that worked for China, but she's in an older folks' home. I talked to her because I gave her a sacred book, like a grimoire or, or magical knowing of uh, how we were going to do this reality in the future back in the 70s that I was entrusted with in Hawaii as an investigator uh, with the FBI and Secret Service and President Bush and Reagan, I had knowledge, and I was given, and it's simple words, but it's the way we put the chakras and the channeling and the balancing and the psi energy into words, simple words, to make it where it stays, where we use it, and help each other learn how to use our higher senses. Now, Tom didn't go through all that, which is funny. So I had this whole spiritual world that I believed in that he did not. But whenever he would talk, all I could relate it back to was angels and extraterrestrials because he related, not being a spiritual person, although he was raised in church. His father was a minister. His uncle was a minister. His grandfather of 108 years old gave me the church through him, John Crystal Morris, pastor and was ordained minister, and I was called by God and was ordained in a gold pyramid church. As far as that goes with men, human DNA on earth, I have all the credentials of the ordained minister as far as being called by God, or the God, the one God. They call it the uh, monotheistic God of Abraham. So I'm called to the uh, ministry of being in charge of a group or some, you know, people like me that have spiritual past. But on the other hand, Tom asked the, his family not to give it to me, but they did. Now, women ordained me in Hawaii, and they ordained me in Houston, and I said the Gold Pyramid. But all of this means something, but what? And so Richard has been asked, Pastor Richard, to come, and he had a calling. He doesn't really... I don't know that he even grocks it or understands it all yet because it's very high 
Magi, high mage, uh, beyond reality uh, because you have to believe that there is a creator outside the matrix, outside the avatar world in order to grasp that you're more than your physical monkey brain and body here. And Tom knew he was here and that these extraterrestrials put their pants on because while he was in space, they all had human bodies like we do. Now, some of them were thousands of years old. Richard, I'm talking to Richard now, just for the record, (laughs) Richard, to keep me grounded. They put their clothes and they had military uniforms. And they worked in space, and I worked with that group. I worked as a commander. And while I was in the Navy, I was uh, going back through as a 4 by 10 rehire. They told me about this mission I was going to be on in my sleep. And I went to Lowry Air Force Base, and I was trained at night. And the girl that her husband, no, her father worked there and told them, and she wasn't supposed to tell me. But you know how the world will have it. You somehow find out information you're not supposed to. Because I kept wondering when was I going to be trained because I was going out in black clothes at night. And physical training was all I seemed to be doing, okay? I was really good with my body. And, you know, I was like, when am I, when are they going to train me? Well, I was waiting for my clearance level, which J. Allen Hynek came. I had at least uh, in the government a minimum at that time. They had already given me a Q clearance. So that's where that Q group comes from, is the fact that most people in top secret or above top secret, anything to do with nuclear had a Q clearance. So this is how all this intermixes with Tom's story. But he and I had that, and they have 30 or 40 or 50 above top secret. So Richard found the Red Pyramid for above top secret and associates, So the Ascension Cosmos Oracles is going to be some type of agreement with the extraterrestrials that make known to certain chosen in their lineage. Now, the story that people aren't going to like is they said they found people here thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago. That's why Janet wanted to think they were Anunnaki which a lot of people don't like that word. Now, Richard and I probably have worked with the Pleiadians and all these other groups that people have either been programmed since we've been in the 50s. Richard, what year were you born? Because I started recouping knowledge from 33 forward when they made the Social Security cards. So what year were you born? 55, double nickels. Oh, good. Okay, well, then you're a lot closer than I realized because I came in 12, 26, 51. So 52, 53, 54. Oh, my God, you came in in 55? I thought you were a lot younger than me, but you're not. No, I don't I'm know not. Why. Oh, my. And as far as so, for them finding people, that should not be really any grandiose news simply because off-planet civilizations – uh, aliens, as we call them in general, have been seeding this planet for millions of years. So yeah, for one group to run into another group of, of human beings or human-like beings uh, is not unusual at all. The only, the only people that would truly upset is those that believe in Darwin, that we evolved, of course, uh, from apes. And, of course, the missing man has never, never, ever been found and probably never, ever will be found simply because we did never evolve from apes. Human beings were planted here as human beings, 
And the apes, of course, have evolved as far as they can evolve with the chimpanzee and the gorilla. So well, who's the answer to that? That was Darwin, of course. Do what? I got to. I got to I got to study that with the extraterrestrials. The ones they found here were uh, ape-like along the riverbanks. They were a docile group, uh, like Neanderthals, but before them, and uh, they they ate out of the and drank plants and drank the water along the water. That was the race they found. It, they weren't. Well, they were like the it's like Anunnaki story. So all these stories may be the same that we're telling ourselves, right? Just depends on who's telling the story. But with Tom's and the visions that I got to see, they found these creatures. So that would be the DNA upgrades of the people for these, you know, getting the gold and helping out Nibiru. We all pretty much, if you follow me, you know that story. Maybe you don't. I don't know, but you should because that's. I know it very well because I've studied the Necronomicon, so I'm very familiar with all of that. So all those stories come together. But the thing was with the spacecraft, now one of the things that they could do was make you be here now. And in Kentucky, downtown Beaver Dam, there's a railroad that goes through, and I used to pick up the strawberries, but they made a smell. I still have this vision where they could make me smell. I'd be standing in downtown Beaver Dam, Kentucky, and they could make me see the railroad yard become go back in time. They have these extraterrestrials, the ability to have you, and this has made me question with Tom. I'll get into a lot of details, things that happen, because those are the good stories. They're extraterrestrial stories, but I experienced them with Tom. They can make you smell, the smells, I could smell the, the, the animals that were coming onto the train. I was there. The train uh, depot was back in that time. It was just like I was in a hologram. Like if you ever watch Star Trek, Richard, you know how they yeah. have a holodeck? That's, but I was there. I was standing there, and Tom showed it to me, and I was floored. Uh I was like, how do you do that? So these are the stories that are, to me, they're spiritual. You know, I don't want them to be stolen because they're, how do we do this, Richard? I'm going to be telling you, but they're sacred to me because they're stories that were real to my husband, and I lived through it, but I don't know how to tell it because he knew that CIA didn't know these stories because they sent me after him, but he turned it around where he didn't know if he was sent after me by the time it was all because I had the ability that he didn't understand that I could do when he met me, and I had given up my command in space because I'd already been with extraterrestrials from the time I was born. So how would you explain that? If, uh, of course, you don't have all the details yet. But if I was, you know, I'm a past lifer and a life after life, you know, and we're both ascension masters. But we haven't discussed how we're going to set up the future in 2021 moving forward because it's a part of what a lot of the people that haven't had experiences like Richard and I call as researchers or historians or journalists or just because they want to have a blog and 
create events for money. You know, these people that I've worked with for years, they have their own agendas. So I haven't been able, because it's so sacred, to release documents. Now, I did tell Stanton Friedman, because I worked with the Navy and with Jesse Marcel and the Smithsonian, but under certain circumstances, you know, like the MAGIC. My code name, Richard, was MAGIC, M-A-J-I-C, and that was the Area 51, MAGIC code level. So these are projects classified maybe, I don't know, because I was never told. I was never told. I was never asked to sign anything except my a blank piece of paper. They've had me do my signature. So I don't know where they put that. But I don't – does this story sound like one you would like to tell, Richard, or should we just leave it alone? Well, we need to get it narrowed. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, if you're talking Tom's experiences as he related them to you, there's no harm in that. If you're talking experiences that you had that would have made, may have been classified at the time, there's really no harm in that either simply because classified information is no longer classified after 50 years. So, you know, uh, there may be some that haven't quite uh, expired yet, and then there, there may be a great many that have expired. Uh, but you've got to keep it a narrow focus because you were talking initially about Tom being in, in, involved in this secret uh, space program that nobody knows about, but there has been a great deal of information that's been uh, set through various media sources and so forth that have not only spoken about it, but says that tells basically we have a, uh, a great military station on Mars and that there have been, uh, that there's a means by which physical beings can be transported from the Earth directly to Mars without spacecraft, okay? And that we have buildings. You know, I've buildings worked with and all uh, Ken, Ken and uh, mainly because I was on the Pegasus project with uh, Andrew Bashago that got all the attention, right? He was the lead, uh, one of the lead groups but he was younger than me he was a lot younger than me during well that. i'm i was i'm just saying that a lot of this a lot of this has already been expressed and parts of parts of it here or there are already is already out there you see what i'm saying so what right, seems, what you may be referencing so as secret do what it seems so ludicrous i mean i watched you know i met andrew on that day with, you know, the CIA had me or the intelligence community or Office of Personnel Management or whoever hired me because they all said they hired me and they didn't hire me. So all I went by was paycheck. So my paycheck looked just like the stub from Bob Lazar. So Bob Lazar had the same paid stub that I had from the Naval Intelligence Agency, right? So okay. I've seen them. So I know that Bob Lazar and I got this got the same paycheck from the Navy. Yeah. That I know. I know that because I've seen it and felt it and touched it. Does that make sense? Sure. So if I see and see something, but the part with Andrew Bashago, I even had trouble believing him, even though I was on Project Pegasus with him. And I had Pegasus, and we had the logo. And then I worked with the Pegasus production crew out of Indiana. And we came down here 
to Mobile, Alabama and did a huge conference at the hotel. So all that rolls into Pegasus and the project. But weren't you online one day when that video came on about the real Pegasus? And I don't know how it was created, but my name's attached to it. Do you remember? Yeah. You said, what the hell? I mean, you actually said, what the hell? And I was like, because you'd never said that. So I never heard you cuss, which it really isn't because hell's hell. But, you know, what I mean, but it caught me because you were like, what is that? It's like, it's on my computer, but I don't know how I did it. So I'm wondering if our subconscious will release things that maybe it's like riding a bike or something. I started putting that video together, trying to tell the truth. Do you think that's, I don't know. I'm, now I'm talking about me and my inner self, you know, my higher consciousness trying to tell a story. But I wonder because, and now I can't find it. I've got so many thousands of YouTubes and, you know, so many trailers. I can't find it anymore. I've tried, but I'll try to go find it. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of the information through the years is soft disclosure. We did release, including me. So there are ways to track that. But the kids today, I was listening to a couple of them in the UFO business because they think they're the number one lister UFO, and that's fine if they are, based on finding an old gentleman that was showing the spacecraft above the planet from NASA before they started rubbing them out, you know, back in the day when they just colored before they even knew we were going to. And, I, and my husband and I worked at NASA, so we have the NASA memories with Chris Kraft, and Chris died. He was the director of NASA, so that fits in, too. It's very complicated. So here's the part. Do, can we tell it as Ascension Cosmos oracles to be above all the man-made related stories that the kids and the people like Dr. Michael Sala want to write stories and the man, uh, what's his name, a friend of mine that had the black vault, he wrote about me, the classified part from the UFO Digest. He put me in the black vault. All these people that are well-known out there telling the story. I didn't want to bother because it's a huge industry of authors and those that have their stories. Now, I know Corey Good went off and did his blue people Avian people, he had his followers, and then they got in a lawsuit. And David Wilcock with Gaia TV and other people I knew. So I know both sides of that argument. And then Victoria with the contact in the desert. But see, you don't know these people, do you? These are all, a lot of people in the world in cyberspace culture know the UFO industry. But you no, are I may not know. I may not know the people, but I do know a lot of the stories. Okay, so that was just grokking or gleaning it from history or YouTube or Facebook or Or psychically and intuitively. Oh, okay, yeah, I keep forgetting that level. So, yeah, psychically intuitive, you can just pick it up and just gradually hear people, and it becomes a meme or a myth or a legend or a history until you personally go do your own virtual reality research, which we strongly recommend, which I always did. So I want to tell it from a real investigator standpoint, but I don't really want to tell the story because I'm involved. So that's the hero's journey that's used in movies. And the hero's journey is the same format. It doesn't matter if it's science fiction or biography, it seems like, or fantasy, Disney, or whoever's telling the story, whatever you know, mega production company tells it. 
So do you want a book or do you want a movie? Hold on. Let me put Shane on here. Hold on. Let me see if he calling Ooh. me. Uh, only your shaman soul has. Somebody's calling, I think. I don't understand. I wonder if somebody else is supposed to be on this. Oh, it's Clinton. Hold on. Clinton who? Hello? Now we're getting you dead air because you're answering the phone. Huh? Oh, you're on the radio, Clinton. Uh, I don't want to be on the radio now. Well, did you just call me? Uh, Yeah, I did. I was seeing when uh, you're going to be free. (laughs) In about 20 minutes. I do a show every day. Put it on your calendar for four to six. My family all, it gets on their nerves. I can't remember anybody's, I can't even remember my own schedule. I can't, I, and it gets on my family's nerves. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm I wanted you to meet well, Richard forgive us, anyway. Forgive us, Richard? Clinton, for bringing you live on the air. How you doing? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to come over there in like 20, 30 minutes when you get off. Well, now that the world's listening to you. Why no, you they've been listening. I don't want to be listened to. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, can you meet my friend Give the man Richard? his privacy. Give the man his privacy little... then. Yeah, I'll talk with y'all. I'll talk with you later. I don't want okay. to do that. I'm We'll have to plan that sometime. Well, you say hi to Richard anyway. Richard's here. Hi, Richard. Hi, hi, Clinton. How are you doing? Doing good. How well, are you? Good. I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> Very good. All right, I'm going to let you all get back to you all show. I'm going to come over there in 20 minutes, Teresa. <laughs> 21 at least. All, all right. right. All right, bye. Oh, all gosh, right, somebody else is here. You shouldn't okay. have done that, really. Well, I didn't have I didn't know I was doing anything. I answered the Goodness. I was telling you I was answering it and it's automatically hold on. Hi. Thank thank you. I appreciate what you got for me. You're Hello? Come on, come on, Coco. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. I love Sundays. Thank you. Sundays I get a dinner from my son in law next door. That's my black son-in-law. Yeah, he's the father of my granddaughter that's half black. So he's uh, so sweet. He takes care of his mother-in-law. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry, Richard, but this is reality. In reality, well, yeah, even if we Yeah, I understand that. But, but I mean, you know. be on my radio show, but, you know, this is, uh, we're just starting out like babies again. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, he went dark. I thought I thought I completely cut you off. <clears throat> Oops, we're going to use my resources, and this will be here. I'm not going to edit it or anything. I know you can go and do it. I don't take the time. So life goes on while we're discussing high-minded things. But I've had a lot of very powerful people in my life, but, you know, we didn't put it together like the shadow people or the men in black or the government contractors are – uh, in uniform or out of uniform, I've been a GS and I've been in uniform or even retired military officers, although my husband and I did work with the American veterans. But Richard is very prolific at writing. I'm very impressed with he, what he does. And I've been a publisher since 
2007, so how many years, almost 20 years, uh, a, a publisher, because I got into publishing because I was working in a publishing house when the government came and pulled me out and said, we need you to go drive a big truck for the government. We got a government job for you. So that's all part of the future story. So Richard, back to you. The thing is, I know all about these stories of Mars and how we were off Mars because that's one of the stories Janet likes. She does know that part. She knows the story about Tom and being off planet, but how it fits in because she would only go to the Mars Anunnaki narrative briefing. And it's so much more than that. I wanted her oh, to yeah, understand. There, there, are a whole lot, there are a whole lot more involved than just the Anunnaki. There are a whole lot more right. races and a whole lot more not only in this galaxy, but in several other galaxies that have been involved and right. have been involved for millions of years. So, I mean, you know, but again, it is all on what you focus on. Now, of course, I'm of the belief that anything you want to know, all you have to do is ask a question, focus your intent, request the answer to the question, and it comes to you. It's that simple. Now, of course, you know, a lot of people would say, well, I can't do that. Well, the fact of the matter is you can do that, but you have to have very very focused attention, okay? And if you can narrow the focus of your attention, then you, of, of course, you can learn anything you want to learn. And if there are things that you would like to learn and being taught to you by others, then in turn the others will come into your life and they will teach you whatever it is you want to learn. As the old saying goes, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I believe that's true even for extraterrestrials. I'm sure And the reason I think they choose people is because those people are ready. Because when I wasn't ready, I would turn it off. And I was miserable. And I tried to live with all that connection to higher source turned off. So learning how to turn it off and on. I think we all go through that at one point in time or another because uh, when you're in your higher self and you have lots of gifts and lots of abilities, you tend to get shunned and rejected a tremendous amount. And the human reaction is to shut down or sequester what you're capable of doing simply because it doesn't fit into modern day society or there are hundreds of others that are around you that naturally scold you and reject you or tell you or you know tell you they don't believe that what you're telling them is true or that they don't believe you have this ability or that ability or whatever so yes we all have a uh, point in life you could say where we kind of uh, put things under the covers to a degree Now, that doesn't mean we don't have the capabilities because the capabilities have always been there and shall always be there. But we are not uh, as outward with with them as we could possibly be. Now, of course, uh, you you were a very well-known psychic for quite a while, and you did a lot of different uh, psychic adventures with a lot of different people and a lot lot of different networks and all of this kind of thing. And I, too, uh, have had my experiences in that arena, you know. Um, But as far as uh, turning away from God or turning the source of God off, I don't think that's capable, and any of us are capable of doing that to the fullest extent, simply because uh, that is what sustains us. So if you turn that off, then you're no longer sustained, so then then you'd completely wither away, if not just die on the spot or what have you. Um, Well, I just turn my powers off. Well, I think, you, reduce, I never... you reduce them. 
You reduce them is what you yeah. do to the extent that you lower. Um, Love the frequency. I guess, I right. guess you could say like a cupboard. You kind of put them in a cupboard, and, and since they are tools to a large extent, you choose when and wh- when you'll go into the cupboard and what tool you use and for how long you use it. It's that kind of a thing. I mm-hmm. guess that would be probably the best way to describe it. But anyway, um, I guess well, I. You was can see chosen, why you as a narrator. Uh, I guess I, I was chosen by. You know, I, I guess I was chosen by the aliens per se at the age of five. You know, and they they put tracking devices in me. I was a savant of languages for about seven years, and uh, now, of course, much much later in life, you know, to a small extent, I have what you would call a universal translator, regardless of the voice or the or the words that are being spoken by whatever language they are spoken in. I can understand them to a certain extent. Now, of course, if I pinpoint my focus... We wore them on our neck. But they were universal translators for all universes, not just on a planet. But we wore a contraption because so many universal languages, we had different extraterrestrials working on the ships. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people would... Uh, yeah, a lot of people would relate to this as light language because that's been on the forefront a lot in the recent years, you know, people channeling light language. And the light language, uh, you know, once spoken, it can be uh, traced back to its origin or what have you. I mean, you know, like you say, words and sounds are very, very powerful, and they have a lot more influence than people give them credit for. But... You know, again, that's mystical science and magical science and so on and so forth because naturally evocations and invocations to spirits and to evoke certain deities or to evoke the presence of the past or to evoke uh, whoever it is you wish to speak with. Uh, And like you, I too have seen angels off and on throughout my life. So, I mean, uh, there, there are lots of synchronicities that we have betwixt us but I think in some categories you have far more experience than I, and in some categories I might well have far more experience than you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with that much with the Druids. So, uh, in other words, when I went, you know, studied books, I didn't really study that much on Druids, although I liked them. But because I didn't want to go, I mean, I went into the trees and did the shaman work. I know how to be a shaman, shaman. So, uh, oh, that was Shane Flanagan. That yes. remember beeped us earlier. Yes. So Shane, uh, I guess he couldn't get on, or I didn't pay attention to him. Maybe he was saying he was calling in. I'm I sorry, Shane, because we're just about out of time now. But uh, yeah. I guess it was just supposed to be me and you in the beginning. So Richard just well, figured yeah, this was I mean, the beginning. Well, we're we're at a okay. crossroads, basically speaking. You have to decide for yourself. How much of the past you wish you wish to share, and uh, just go forward with it from there. And then, in turn, you must also decide from which point of media you wish to share it. Because, as you know, you've already done hundreds of YouTube's, you've already produced books. So the only the only thing you haven't really done media-wise, I guess, would be to to be create a movie. Yeah, I've done nine years of radio, so some of the, but um, as Janet said, I would never put all the dots. I put Easter eggs or hide stuff in different books and 
different knowledge. I would never make it easy. I, uh, it wasn't easy for me, you know. And so when I'd come across stuff at the time, I would put it, well, that's, you know, in the book that's at true. the time or an article. That's true, and I, and I could say the same, you know. I mean, I have surmised mm-hmm. a great deal of knowledge uh, as I have transited through the years. Uh, I've also had at my behest, of course, a great deal of, of knowledge and wisdom from past lives that I keep as an archive or a library within my mental self or my etheric self um, that I can pull right. down in any given situation. But, I mean, uh, you know, I put all mine together in a book, and, you know, it's just it's just a matter of how I want to segregate the book now if I just want it to be in all one piece or if I want to break it down into several pieces or make it into a series or exactly what I need to do with it. I mean, you know, but again, the book itself is done as, uh, you know, semi-science fiction because there are a lot of things that happen. There are a lot of experiences in the book and a lot of uh situations that occurred that most people would not believe as being true, even though, like you, I lived them. So, I mean, you know. Right. And like Carla McCarty, she was Carla Ruckert, and she was doing the same work I was doing as Channel back in that day in the 80s, and Jim Elkins was, uh, he's dead now. They're all dead. But she started the law of one for her channeling that she was getting from higher up. So we were doing that kind of work. And then later on, she comes across in my life again. And so we start talking again on the phone, you know. And I never did meet Jim, but I said hi to him. He was bringing groceries in that day. And then I was supposed to go there and help him. But they went over with Dr. Michael Sawa, and uh, she did her little singing and talking. So Michael Sawa has always been there in my life, but he's Australian. But he lives in Hawaii, so, uh, you know, he does his own thing with exopolitics, right? So yep. he's got his own little thing going. But with you and me, this will be our thing, and uh, it's going to be whatever it's going to be, Richard. And the stories, I guess if we get them out, the kids can either believe them or not, but we'll wind up being part of myths, maybe books, uh, radio shows, YouTubes, and I don't know what else, uh, which wherever we're going. And, oh, let's mention real quick, a lot of the people live streaming their own shows now are going on different channels now on the Internet. And you were mentioning some of them are starting to charge, but I want to mention that on media. So let's talk about that real quick because that's reality, how things are going up in the world, even though we're doing our best in communication Yes. Not sure where, what you mean. Um, how everything's going up, inflation is a reality in our reality world. So oh, yeah. uh, we need to be abreast at uh, how we live individually, like people in my life that want my time or live around me. Uh, you know, I'm consumed with people wanting more of my attention, but I'm not going to be able to give it at all these levels. You know, when I'm I'm working at, uh, in cyberspace culture with all those above, as above, so below, but there's the Richard Allen Miller, Dr. Miller's level with globally people in other countries that I was starting internationally in India and Pakistan and people in Fiverr and 
you and me, but we're here, and you're in Valdosta about an hour and a half from, uh, wait, here where I live in Gulf Breeze. What I'm saying is we don't have to physically, folks, be in each other's physical reality to make this happen and to get our stories out so we can help each other. And what that means is right now I'm looking strictly for people that are like me, mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, shamans, or that understand higher consciousness or have another foot in another reality or understand interdimensional travel or time travel, have worked on projects for the government or thought maybe they were working with extraterrestrials. So it's a little complicated, but we have alien contact organization. We have UFO association, UAP associates. And on the spiritual side on Sunday, we have Ascension Church Ohana, Ascension Center Organization is the main holding company. But uh, Richard and I have started Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp. as of June. So July, this is only our second month, Richard, and we haven't even got our business plan corporation together mission or anything. So Richard and I well, are working on it. So we're starting with the radio show because it's an easy platform because he's in Valdosta, Georgia, and I'm in Gulf Breeze, Florida. And that's why we're working out the details today, I think. But there's going to – we'll both be narrators in the radio hosting world, and we're going to meet people that I'm meeting. Richard, if you want to meet somebody and bring them on, let me know. I have this resource, folks. I pay 40 a month. uh, But that's only the beginning because you have the hosting and the shared and the database that you want to keep for years. So there's a lot more money than just the 40. It's like you write a book, but you still have to market it. You can write your book, but you got to sell it. So all of this goes together. So I'm a publisher, a web host person, making webs. I help people with web presence. But mainly I'm on this, my own spiritual quest to find others like Richard on their spiritual quest. And then what we're going to write, I guess, is a narrative and a story and put it in a book and then a script and maybe a movie. Because what I wanted you to do, Richard, was say how all these live streams are starting to charge because they want more content. Hulu, Netflix, a lot of these ABC, CBS, they're even going right to five ninety nine. So that oh, may yeah. be the way of the world that live yeah, I mean, stream is uh, going to cost. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you were to sit down and subscribe to all of the various channels that are now offered, heck, you'd probably be paying well over $100 a month. And you still wouldn't really include everything necessarily that you want to see. I mean, you know. Uh, and and I of course, you... I keep losing RuPaul, and I love RuPaul for entertainment. And I think he's a brilliant man and that he's done a wonderful job of living and um, I just love it. And I'm, I want to be people to know we're warm and welcoming to the LGBTQ community and our social group, and I'm fine with that. So I hope everybody that knows me, you know, when you've lived lives and you've had past lives over and over, you, don't, you really learn not to judge what somebody else is co-creating in entertainment. And I, I enjoy people in the arts, visual and performing arts. So uh, Richard, always know we're going to support you know, people in television and movies and producers and videographers and writers. And Richard and I are writer publishers and we're radio broadcasters, radio and broadcast. So keywords, radio, broadcasting, we do videos, we do audio, visual, we write, we do scripts, 
and we work with a lot of people in video production. So we're going through a transition, and we hope you'll join us if you're a co-creator. Uh, we're warm and welcoming. How do we say that, Richard? We're not judging anybody, right? If they're in a human form or extraterrestrial form, we don't care. But if you want to work right. with us, that's the key. So yeah, we're asking I mean, a $5 membership if you want to work with us. And that's not much considering all the things we'll help you do. But we are going to get focused on extraterrestrial-related shaman work, mystics, oracles, psychic sages, seers, creating a metaphysical community. And I think Shane Flanagan in Canada may help us, I don't know, there or what. So, Richard, that's something we'll look at is uh, does he want to come on Sundays? Is that why he get called? I don't I, I guess don't I didn't know. recognize him. That anyway. must have been the number I saw. All right. Well, we'll get better, folks, but it is good to plan in advance. And Richard and I, we show, are we going to show up Sunday? So we may talk about it during the week, and we're still here. So, Richard, I guess the universe has taken over. So spiritually, Sundays, we know we can count on. So there must be something in our soul or something exclusively that makes us show up and help be here to anchor the truth. Well, I guess, you know, we're, we're, reaching, we're reaching out to those, and sometimes a kind word goes a long way. Sometimes, you know, something positive that you say, whether you're expressing it only as a belief, may in turn help someone that has a question in that area. Or they may have an experience that they're facing that they don't understand. That's why I say words are very powerful, you know. Um, anyway, like you said, we're about out of time. Uh, we can be readily reached. In the reached. beginning you was can... the Word, right? Yes. In the beginning exactly. was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that's where the monotheistic God comes from, the original creator. Yes. So are we creationists? I don't know. Go re- listen to the Miller and Morris debate 10 years ago, Miller and Morris debate. And uh, this on YouTube uh, for one and two. And uh, I haven't listened to it myself yet. Miller and Morris debate on whether you're a creationist or a, whatever the opposite of that is. Maslow theory come from apes or something. I guess. I don't know. I guess we're creationists, folks. All right, yes. love and light, Richard. Um, I need love your and direction and your focus. And uh, can we – we'll just show up next Sunday. Oh, do you want to show up with other people, Richard? Let me know. Uh, that Benny Pelham's coming on Thursday. And uh, y'all look at B-E-N-N-Y-P-E-L-L-O-M. He was in the Navy and handled a lot of Navy helping shut down reserve centers. And right. um He's uh, going to come on and talk about ET stuff, too. All right, Good. love and light. And uh, get in touch with Shane, and let's find out what Shane Flanagan wants, and he can help all right. us. All right, we'll grow one person at a time, folks. That's all we can do. Love and light, everybody. Love and Thank light. you, Richard. You did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Lucky Land 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.